Welcome to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. Here we talk about the professional turf manager, the ever-changing products, and the business side of owning a turf management company. Whether this is your first year or your 20th, we hope to have an open discussion that we all can relate with and continue to grow a successful business in the green industry. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again to the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast with myself, Kevin Salters, and co-host Doug Gray. Here we are getting ready for episode, this will be our 17th episode, Douglas. What about that? (laughs) I can't even believe it. It feels like yesterday we just started, actually. I don't know about that, knowing that we're already, geez, I'd say a third into the season. We're probably third way through a a typical uh, non-year-round season fertilization business we're probably about a third way through i'm saying i'm thinking yep. yeah yeah around a third probably yeah definitely crazy i had um just today's drama out in the field because we have plenty of it i had a, a client reach out when you're gonna be here uh, you should have kind of been here already so people are now trying to set their calendar to where i should be there and i looked up at the service date and i'm not gonna say names i'm not even gonna say if it's a male or female client and i saw the date and my immediate reaction, and I've, I've learned this from many mentors, is to respond very quickly. I was proud of myself not to do anything until the next day. Um, now we're six and a half weeks out. No, we're right on the money. I was like, damn, this is great. So, anywho, <laughs> it kind of set my schedule for today, which this was, this message came in at the beginning of the week. Um, so, I, I moved over to a different town to do some of the smaller properties that are there, more of, of what a lot of people have, the 10 to f- maybe a 16,000 today, um, and just bumping them out. But I know what it was and, and why this person reached out. It happened in the spring as well. But in her neighborhood, there's a bunch of uh, companies other than just one national chain, though, that goes out there. And they started hanging their signs in the last week. I checked the date. So Again, they're trying to set their schedule to my schedule, and we're, and we're running totally different programs. Well, uh, yeah, I used to get those calls. Hey, uh, you know, such and such was out here fertilizing. Where are you? <laughs> uh, you're still three weeks out. Yeah, I'm upside down in a ditch right now, burnt yeah. out. That's where I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, right. So <clears throat> weather-wise, and, and I know we chatted during the week uh, about a few different things, really not too much of a change, but... A point that you brought up that I think we want to talk about and maybe get some input is you're seeing as if possibly you're seeing some growth stunt on turf that actually has had hydration and is in a growing spirit. Yes. Um, I have noticed on some lawns that um, it appears that, you know, some grasses are growing faster than others. Like it's almost like we're having a growth growth regulating effect out of some things i don't i can't pinpoint what it is um you know it wasn't just on lawns that my customers are treating i've seen it on other lawns as well but it it just i'm kind of goes back to what i've heard from some of the southern states uh earlier and i think i'm still hearing them although i i think i read today that bermuda grass is finally starting to wake up and i may have read that wrong um where you know Bermuda grass was taking a long time to wake up this spring and it almost looked like it was just stunted by something and I it's 
I think our weather conditions are just so adverse right now. Forget about the heat. You know, you don't need heat to make stress. Um, you know, water, too much water, lack of water can give you stress. Obviously, we know the lack of water can, but too much water puts stress on turf. Um, with everything that's going on this year with weather conditions, and again, we keep talking about weather, but it's the number one factor uh, that drives what we do in this business. And um, with no rainfall, the ET rates, that's evapotranspiration rates, the wind every day. I'm looking out my window right now and it's blowing 30 miles an hour. It seems to be the norm this year. Um, you know, I'd rather, to be honest with you, I'd rather see it 90 degrees right now with some rainfall once a week with no wind. <laughs> uh oh, you want humidity and right disease. Now. No, 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 no. I think lawns would actually look better right now if we had that kind of weather. Because uh, it's too up and down. This morning, go out. If you went outside this morning here in the Northeast, it was cold. Yeah, we talked about that. It was, and it wasn't the cold where you needed a sweatshirt, but it's the cold you typically get like in the beginning of May, and then you know by the end of the day, all right, I'm back to a, a t-shirt and we're doing good. It was. I didn't look at at the thermometer, but I didn't either. Just that in itself, the grass just doesn't know what to do. You know, it it's should I turn on should i turn off i mean it's, it's wild well you know i'll go back to a statement that i made a little while ago and i actually um probably have said this to many people over the last few weeks because of what i'm seeing out here i can't speak for every state but i can speak for the state of new jersey i personally feel like we have been in a drought since last summer here in new jersey and let's just call it abnormally dry because i you know can't technically call it a drought until you know I guess the bosses in Trenton tell us it's a drought. Um, so we'll call it abnormally dry. We've had some periodic rainfall that has dumped a few inches or more in our areas. We had a prolonged period of rain this spring that over about five or six days that did dump some rain on us. But again, we talk about wind. We talk about the ET rates, low humidity and the adverse conditions we I'll say now for the last 12 months that we've had, I personally believe that we have lost biology in the soil. And I think this is why we're seeing regular fertilizers not reacting well. I've seen a lot of comments being made and I've had a lot of phone calls um, from people who are telling me that their fertilizer is not reacting. People who aren't buying fertilizer for me. I just um, I just read a, a big thread on that late last night on a certain fertilizer product. Uh, mm -hmm. Uflex, was it maybe? Uflex. Yeah, and, and people really having, and I'm not picking on that brand, that development whatsoever. I really don't know much about it, but I, I have heard a lot of people having displeasures in the lack of results from it. Oh, no, and, and I've had the opposite. You know, I, I'm not going to pick on the product. It's a good product. Umax is a good product. It's the same company. Um, it's just one's a longer, slower, slower release than the other. But, you know, just like any synthetic fertilizer, you need moisture in the soil for it to work. Now, do you need, I don't, do you need better soil temperatures for a synthetic compared to a bridge product or a more natural product? Mm, no. 
six people will tell you yes, six people will tell you no. So six on one hand, half dozen on the other. Got it. Um, you know, it's it's not the the factor is, and I and I heard this, I hear this. Why have irrigation? Irrigation is only a supplement. Period. We need. I can't speak for that state it was in entirely because I haven't been out in that region since probably April. Um, but at the end of the day, I would assume it's probably like anywhere here in the Northeast, we're dry as a bone. You need Mother Nature's rainfall for synthetic fertilizers to really work well. Um, irrigation, when we're not getting rainfall, is only a supplement. Even my own lawn, I am starting to see signs of stress on areas that may not be covered as well or just... Maybe I have some issues in that soil that's finally showing its ugly head. I don't know. One thing I said earlier to somebody else, I have not put any biology on my lawn this year yet. And that's something I'm going to do when I get back from Nashville. Um, and, I don't know why I didn't do it, but I just oh, haven't. Okay. And I was, I was going to ask you that. Why, why did you hold back? I don't know. I, cause I'm, tr I'm cause I'm a tester. Yep. I try products all the time and it wasn't one that i wanted to try yet this year because everything was hunky-dory my lawn was smoking it's still smoking it's just now i'm starting to see a little stress so i really wish i really hope that whoever everybody deals with we can get into this uh conversation um about putting biology back in the soil whether it's from compost, humus, beneficial bacteria, things like that, trichoderma, all these type things. Because I believe from what I'm seeing out here, and again, I'm not telling you that I'm 100% correct on this. This is just something that I've been doing this a long time. And it's something that I'm seeing, and this is the only thing that I could think of right now. Um I believe that things like trichoderma and the pseudomonas that are in the soil, even those bacteria that are in the soil that are already there, they're just not active. They're not working because they got nothing to get it to jump. They need something to jumpstart it. Um, you know, all soils have trichoderma in it, right? But typically, it's all when time the heat comes around, well, not heat, but let's just call it drought comes around for this year in heat as well, they tend to start to kind of weaken and you need to bolster them to get your plant to work better. Um, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that, you know, some people are into and some people think it's snake oil. Um, I think there's a lot of people out here who use that will tell you the, the, the flip side of that. Um, but I encourage people to try them if they're not having the results that they're seeing on their fertilizer. So I know you talked about it briefly last episode and I want to bring it back up again and I'm not here to sell it because I don't work for turf trade, but I want to talk because you're seeing it. I'm seeing this, what we believe lack of biology in the soil and the stress that it's causing. And you guys have been working on nature's balance. I believe it's a product that you're talking about which is going to be another avenue for us to get additional microbes into the soils, correct? Yep, yep. Well, you're go you're also going to bolster 
the microbes that are in the soil to uh, become more readily available to the plant. So if we can get the soil and the turf to work, let's just say in the same notion, what happens? Everything works better. Um, we can utilize the nutrients that are in the soil that are not being utilized by the plant by bolstering um, the soil microbial activity. Um, right now, I think our soil microbial activity is either nil or let's call it absent. Now, are there, because I don't remember off the top of my head, I could bring one up. Do our soil tests? No. You know, you were going to say it. And, I, and that's what I, because I, I remember we get, we get the macros, we get some micros, but nothing to do with really microbial in the soil. And is there a, a way, an economical way to even be able to test that? Yep. Ooh. Well, it's something I just learned today. Oh, see, and you always want to learn something. I learn every day. Um, I know people think I'm crazy when I say that, but I, excuse me, I do. Um, at the end of the, I got to get a new saying at the end of the day. Um, there is a microbial activity meter um, that is being sold that can tell you, you have to, it, the meter itself costs 150 bucks. And then it costs like 12 bucks a scan or something like that. So basically you take the sample of your soil, you put it in a solution. It comes with like a, a 10 or 12 pack solution. So you could do 10 tests um, and you can test the microbial activity in your soil. Um, God, why can't I open this? Um, I'm trying to open something and I can't open it. Um, so anyway, um, I mean, I'm trying to let me go try to find it. All right, um, while you're while you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the definition of trichoderma because not everyone may understand or know what that is, which is totally fine because yep. an unanswered question is a horrible way to go through life. So it is. Uh, it's basically a fungi that is found in just about all soils, or it is, and whether or not the levels of it in that soil are at a level that is going to turn on all our other stuff going on. It's a cultural, mm -hmm. a cultural uh, fungi. I don't know how the, the easiest way to say it. I could look up the definition, but it'll probably be a bunch of words that I couldn't say anyway, so it's not going to do us any good. But trichoderma is a type of fungi that is found in soils, mm -hmm. and it's kind of one of the fungi that we're targeting and any microbes that we're putting in to kind of get the engine revved up and get the rest of the things moving along. Yep. Okay. Just in case people were uh, unfamiliar with that. And of course I can't get on my internet right now. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe you're going to no. get a big storm and there's a, a so a customer just sent me a picture and I will post this. I'm going to send it to you right now of the lawn. He goes, look at this lawn and a massive black bear in his backyard. It's, <laughs> and his nice. back, his backyard is tiny and it almost looks Photoshop. And I just asked him and, and he's a friend as well as a customer. I'm like, is this Photoshop? He goes, no, that's literally a picture out my backyard on the security camera. I'm like, holy moly. Um, so we'll get that hung just out of fun. Um, he's, we have some monster bears in our area, which I, That's awesome. I, I'm people are like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. I think it's amazing. We used to have uh, a mother, a big sow that would come and rattle the cans at our house and 
take what she needed. And we've got great pictures. We had a mother and her two cubs come down the driveway one day. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I stood up too quick. And we were talking about this earlier. The TV was on and it wasn't watching me, which was pretty cool. So I was awake and I stood up too quick. So then the dog knew that something was there and jumped up and barked. But we could have got some amazing pictures of this this sow with her, her babies coming down the driveway looking for food. And again, am I nervous about it? No, not really. I've I've been on turf a million times. You come around a corner, there's one in the backyard. They're going south the other direction so fast. You Nothing to worry about. And you're not going to, well, I'm on a machine, so it makes enough noise where you're really not going to sneak up on them until they see. If you're walking, that could be a totally different story. You get yourself <laughs> in a pickle, but pretty cool to have the bears around. Um, I know they've they've talked about trying to do a, some type of sanctioned bear hunt in this area. It just got voted down this spring, um, but it, it may be necessary um, just for correct population, and there's a lot in the residential neighborhoods. There's been schools on lockdowns recently because they're moseying through the backyard of the schools but anyway that's on a side note um so you're you're trying to open up something in regards to the. i got it i got it it just some reason it was like not opening the page so i had to get back out so anyway it's called the microbiometer um and it measures the microbial activity in the soil um and will tell you um you know what your soil's doing, what's active, what's not. Um, it pro- may not be a hundred percent, but it also could be a good selling tool for for you to your customer to show them, hey, reason why your lawn looks like garbage in that one particular area is because the microbial activity is nil. Um, so, but you know, I think it would be a good tool for people. Um, I'm a- I am actually going to buy one myself. Is it expensive? I- it's one hundred and thirty five bucks. Um, it comes with 10 tests, um, and I'm pretty sure what you do is you take the test, and then it it puts out a barcode on this meter, and then you take a picture of the barcode, and it takes you to the, the website where you pay for the test, and then it spits out the results. And it costs $13.50 a test. But you have to mail the test results in. No. No, it no. does it all through Brother up in the air and all that stuff? At some. least that's how I'm reading it. I'm not, I could be wrong. The but that's interweb. That's how I'm reading it. Because I know the soil test that I experimented with, which is from uh, Alan Hain, the lawn care nut, and it, basically the same thing. It comes in a kit, prepay. You scan the test in to register it. You take your samples. It's got a liquid solution that you put the mixed part of the soils in. Screw it down self-addressed little envelope gets mailed back to them and then boom you get something in a couple days on your uh, email that's showing what the results are i didn't know if if your test had to go well we can look deeper into that and see the results and you know right during these dry times and then during the really wet times you can see different areas where there's either an abundance or a lack of microbiology in the soil and and one definite way is the old-fashioned grinding of a of a stump and then supposedly cleaning out all the wood chips and then topsoiling and and they just stick out like a sore thumb in a couple years one mushrooms two the soil dehydrating very quickly which is going on right now because as dry as we are what i try to explain to a lot of the homeowners and clients is that anytime you have organic matter in the soil to that extent for that decomposition to happen, it needs to rob nutrients from the soil around to, for that process to happen. 
Yep. So that's why you see, you know, the the leaders of roots that are running away from an old dead stump, and you can see those avenues when we go through stressful stressful times, or when we have the <clears throat> excuse me the heavy wet times, you see all the mushroom caps popping up in those areas. That's basically an abundance of organic material that is just trying to take your material that you're putting on top of the lawn to feed it away, just creating nature. Well, you know, when we're in these kind of situations and you have a tree on your front lawn, you know, that tree is going to take um, the the moisture before the lawn. And it's, I don't remember the number. I was doing arboriculture and was going to get my arborist license and decided to go a different route after having my supervisor here. But the amount of water a tree drinks from a lawn a day is is amazing. It's a mm-hmm. ton of water based on the caliper of the tree. I saw it today. I was out looking at some lawns for a, for a couple customers, actually. Um, and it you could see right around the tree, I said, look, you know, here's your drip line. Everything's green underneath the tree from the drip line. And once you get past the drip line, that's where you're all stressed. Um, and he's like, well, I'm irrigating. And I said, well, let's look at your heads. And so he turned the heads on and there were jet streams coming out of the, out of the irrigation head. Um, there is no coverage at all on there. And, you know, it's one of the common things I see is that we don't adjust irrigation heads when we start them up. We just start it up. Oh, it works. But we don't look at them to see if they're actually giving you proper coverage and giving you a spray pattern um, instead of a jet stream, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's uh, where you you really, if you're having irrigation installed or serviced, you want to make sure that you're using a very rep- reputable company because yep. I, I have a customer that is a perfect example. He has a regular well for his house, then he has a shallow well point for his irrigation system, but it is not producing enough water or he needs to reduce his zone size because exactly what you're saying, his heads don't even have enough pressure to put a fan on it. So you've adjust the head itself, it goes down to almost nothing. And then he has them wide open to a pencil stream and it's doing, unfortunately, nothing other than a 12 inch disc around where the head is. And you can see that nice green area and he's in pure, pure sand. And just like you said, you go to the drip line of the tree where they're getting some residual moisture but also shade and we're losing less by dehydration lawn looks gorgeous but as soon as you step out into the sun it just cannot keep up and it just i think the system it was there when he bought the house it was improperly sized and and installed it's not going to give him what he needs you know i think you know i mean i we don't have a I mean, there's not that much irrigation installed in our area anymore unless someone's totally redoing their yard or whatever you know and um, we don't have a lot of new construction going on that much anymore. I mean, there is. Um, so irrigation installs are probably down in our state. But the service side of it, they're so far behind in service because they just can't get people to do the work. Um, you know, how I don't know, because like we talked about last week, I believe it's not really the hardest part of our industry unless you got to dig a hole maybe um so we got to figure that out like we've talked about so but you know getting back to um the stresses out there um it's just all over the place and i believe it's 
just all abiotic. Um, yes, there is a little bit of disease out there. I've seen some, uh, you know, uh, what do they call that leaf spot in the melting out stage. Um, I also think there's tons of spray issues out there, not mixing products correctly, not mixing spray tanks correctly. Um, and I'm actually made me develop a new sheet to hand out an email to my customers to have them all understand how to mix, whether it's a 200 gallon tank in the back of a truck or it's a steel green and LT rich. I'm just seeing way too many issues um, because pr tanks are being filled up all the way to the top and then their products are being put in. It, it's funny that because is a no, no about spraying. I, I am not doing any type of weed treatments on the lawns right now, other than spot spraying. And sure, the isolation tank would have been great on the steel green. Just didn't think far enough ahead when I ordered it. And that was uh, two years ago. So it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So my isolation tank is a flow zone on my back. Love that thing. <laughs> and it's only, it's only if I find a lawn that's dirty, I'll go back and put on my back and, oh my gosh, no arm pump. <laughs> it's... These, these newer people in business don't understand the Birchmeyer arm pump that you would get after a day of pumping that thing up. But um, I did find two that were newer that I needed to do some blanket spraying, and I mixed one of my tanks on the steel green, so a 30-gallon tank. But I mixed it, you know, filled it halfway with, full of my product and then put it in there, and I was still nervous. After the conversations that you've had and pictures you've posted – Agitation was great because I use a, I literally use a gas-powered pump when I fill my tank, so I get great force going into there. And then we've all done it. We do the, the asphalt shake. We're out there dancing with the machine just to make sure we get it good and sloshing around. But because I haven't been putting a control product in there, that smell was very, very strong when I started smelling or started spraying because you're not used to it again. And now you're scratching your head like, oh, man, did, did I overmix? Did I net mix properly? Did it suck down to the bottom? <laughs> did, did I? But it's just that it's been five weeks since i've done a, a broadleaf treatment so the just smell was just really really strong but i that was today actually i did one today that, with that same feeling yeah i i think we need to you know steel greens lt riches i'm not familiar with turf wear that much so i can't really comment on those um permagreens um the agitation is not really all that great in those machines so when you no that's that's being nice they're, they're horrible. Yeah. And and it's no fault to the machines. It's something I'm sure they want to work on. You just need to know the capabilities of those machines. And it's not for mixing or mm -hmm. pre-blending fertilizers by any means. They've never been any good all the way back from the Permagreen Ultras. The only difference with those was it was a nice square tank with a flat bottom. So you could really shake and mix it. And they were, they were small tanks. I mean, you tiny compared to what we're going out there. You know, I'm running out with 95 gallons on my machine, but they're all, I'm not going to say aerodynamic, but they're all meant for low center of gravity. So the intake is at the very bottom forced. So all the liquid goes down to this small square inches of area. That's going to just take that heavy product that you put in. If you didn't agitate well and bring it right in through your, your nozzles very, very quickly. So you have to be very conscious about that in your mixing. Cause 90% of our products we put on, put in are heavier than water, and they're going to go mm -hmm. one place, right down to that intake. Um, and, you know, 
I mean, you say this all the time, Kevin, we only know what we know. And, you know, it's to nobody's fault or anything like that. It's just, I think we need to have an, a, like a educational class on these things. Um, one of the things we're going to start doing once we get our new machines in, um, we will have demos going on. We'll be up at the field day up in Rutgers with the steel green. Um, you know, we will, we're also going to host some field days to, um, to go over these type things because it's very important, just like mixing order, um, putting in the right rates. I mean, you know, I've had calls from people about, you know, a product of ours that if you do go too high of a rate, you're going to turn your grass black. Ooh, black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've heard of brown. Octane, oh. Octane FE. If you put too much in your, in, too much in, you will turn your grass black. So is it long term? No. What What is too much to get that result? Uh, two ounces per thousand. Um, or, you know, I'm going to say over, if you go higher than like 0.36, I'm sorry, not 0.36, um, 36 ounces to the acre, you will see black on your, uh, on your grass. Really? Yes. Damn. No kidding. That's how potent it is. So no more than 16 ounces to the acre is what I recommend. So this isn't a watered down iron product. No, no. So this is literally high prescription, low mm -hmm. usage rate, mm -hmm. easier to carry, less to stock. And mm -hmm. then obviously the less product we have to put in water, the better, better agitation we're going to have. So that, that makes, I mean, I ran it last year. Thank God I didn't slip up on a mixing, <laughs> but that, that's some heavy iron. If, if you can turn it black. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it's happening once in golf and the guy called me up. He goes, man, I had a brain fart. Um, I doubled the rate. I don't know what I was thinking. Am I going to see any issues? I'm like, it's going to be green. <laughs> um, <laughs> but how long does it take be... for that black to ch to transpire through? Well, you got to water it in, like pretty quickly. You know, water it in. You know, get you know get somewhat. Not going to say the stress, but like you just got to water it in a little bit. Um, fortunately, this was back in like mid April, so not too a lot of things to worry about. But he said, he goes, man, it turned dark green. <laughs> Thought he was in Ireland. About, about four days later, it was fine. Yeah. But he got, he was like, dude, it was, I've never seen that green before. Now, I've had other t people tell me they did similar things and they, it didn't react that way. So well, it might be grass types. It might be soil types, you know, so. All depends what um, he's mixing it with, too. You know, let's say if he's doing a an advent like O2YS and they're going to have that immediate response then that could that could have something to do with it too yeah it could so you mentioned quickly and and you kind of steered away with with field days and all that stuff i know you mentioned last episode you are a new dealer of steel green so why don't you just talk quickly about that just to get it out there um just because now that you have that name under your branch or your business we can really talk about it promote it understand the models and Really, I, I've been a, a Z, started Z Spray years ago. Matter of fact, my backup machine is a 2013. Um, so I've had Steel Greens, I'm sorry, Z Spray for a long time. Steel Greens sold their business to the Toro company and LT Rich, the whole thing went away. And when I was at the show after I ordered mine, talking to one of the owners, basically they weren't in the, 
the mindset of starting a second business. They, they were basically going to be done. And then the response they had from people out there looking for some newer innovations and some changes and they had a lot of input, they said, you know, wow, that's a pretty good idea. And then they started talking to a lot of the guys that were working for LT Rich and they all just started having these basically think tanks of what they could do, how they could make it better. And that's how it started. And some of the guys that are still there today, like the parts guy, Kyle, I, I've probably been dealing with Kyle for 16 or 18 years and you call for parts and that stuff is at your door the next day or the following day. It's amazing. No matter the size of the order. When I bought the additional tank for my 52, he said that's going to call come freight and it's going to be on a pallet. That's going to take a little time. That took like a week. But if I ordered a pump right now, if I didn't have it by the end of tomorrow, it'd be it'd be Friday, it'd be at my doorstep before I went out to work in the morning. Very, very great service company. And that's what I hear. And that, look, I'm obviously I'm just starting out with this. And uh, um, so, I'm, you know, I'm not 100 percent familiar with everything so far. But, you know, the customers I have who use them and the conversations I've had so far, um, you know, I have heard that the 36 inch is probably the least popular model um, because of it's, it's a little too small, but plus it has, um, uh, it can tip very easily. Um, from what I understand on Hills doesn't come with the Hill assist or it's not an option for it as well. I believe, um, the most popular model is the 52. Um, you know, I think that's probably the one that will stock, um, because of that. But in turn, I have people who want the 46s. I would, you know, the XLs are becoming more popular. So there's what, one, two, three, four, five different models. Um, and I think there's actually some other type of model, but uh, not, I don't think it's going to be something that we're going to have or it'll be a special order, one or the other. Um, but from what I understand, you know, the the accessories part of it, if you, you want to add on down the road or whatever, they're very easy to work with. Parts-wise, very easy to work with. If you have a problem with the machine, um, from what I understand, the people in the office, I think especially Cody. Don't you, don't even, um, you can get on the steel green form that they have. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I swear Cody has that phone by his ear. And he I've seen him answer questions in matter of minutes to someone having a problem. And it resolved in a matter of minutes, like on the turf. Reach, they reach out, Cody, da, 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 da. oh, yeah, do this, do this. Very, very responsive, but very, very informative in the correction of if there's an issue. It, it, it's nice to see because really, you know, we all pride service in, the, in what we do for our clients. And they're providing the same for their clients, which is just going to be dangerous for them because I know they built a bigger warehouse and uh, factory. I think it was over this winter or maybe it was last winter. And I think they're going to bust at the seams. It's, um, I think so too. Um, you know, everybody that I talk to loves the machine. I think I had one person, uh, tell me that his guys didn't like it. So he took it, um, and he uses it every day and he loves it. Uh, but his guys didn't like it for some reason, probably cause it was just a change from, you know, using a different machine. Um, but you know, the one thing I like about it is that you can go high volume, um, you know, I not trying to beat a dead horse here, but, you know, I still will challenge anybody trying to think they can get a fungicide spray at 0.33 ounces of water per thousand square feet and get re success that way. So, 
again, I, as I said, you can use certain products to make your water wetter and that's somewhat feasible, but, um, I love the high volume feature of it. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that, uh, I believe it's probably one of the best machines on the market. I see more and more golf courses getting into them because you can't get a machine uh, for like 18 months in the golf market. Um, so, you know, you could basically get a XL and a, say, a, a 52 for, <laughs> you know, you can get two and two and pay what you're paying for a uh, big sprayer at, on the golf market. So... I will say, when I first got the steel green, I was kind of nervous because it was it, it stands a little taller and it's a skosh longer going to the Z-Max to a steel green 52. So you, you kind of, people are like, oh, I can't see over the hopper. I'm like, well, you should know where you're going and machine-wise you plan it ahead of what's in front of you. But the, the Z is kind of like an old slipper. Um, and even the spare one I have, I keep the granular hopper in there and it's in the trailer. That way, if I have to go out and do a granular lap, which I've done a couple recently for some specialty stuff. And it's just, it is a little lighter and it seems a little more nimble and maybe a little bit um, more traction. But that's kind of false because I'm running 95 gallons on the other machine. So, you know, you mm -hmm. take that weight, yada, yada, yada. But once you get like... I'll go out and do a granular on the old Z, and then it's like you want to just get back on the green machine. It's like, come on, baby, that, let's go home. It, it's, it, it, I like it. It's and, that, and, and I could have bought everybody tells me I could have bought any of them, and, and you know I went green, and it wasn't really they weren't popular around here. Everything was yellow, and <laughs> for some reason everything's I, yellow around here. It is okay. I actually, I actually saw the besides my one customer, I actually saw the first one. Was it yesterday or today? I can't. I, it was either yesterday or today. I can't remember. Um, and I actually tried. Yeah, it was a new company I never saw before. And I actually tried to make a UV somewhere to try to go follow them, but I couldn't get over because <laughs> I wanted to go bird dog. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I see these things out of the corner of my eye. So, um, you know, but I have driven them. Um, they're very easy to maneuver. I think the first time you get on any of these machines, you get a little of those, like you say, when you're trying to kill or uh, agitate a tank, you do that jerking of the machine. That's how they are when you first get on those things. But once you get used to it, it rides like a champ. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I, what I like is the customer service part of it. Cause that's what I hear about all of our customers. Um, I have to find a couple like, what do we call them? Repair shops, I guess you want to call them. In my area, which I have, I, I haven't emailed them to them yet to get them to be uh, steel green service uh, providers. Um, and a lot of times they're just really, a lot of times they're fixed over the phone. So, but if it's a, if it's a warranty issue, they want to have somebody in the area that they can rely on. Um, and we're, we, I've, I've figured out a couple of those people already. There's kind of one in central Jersey, one in South Jersey, um, uh, that, uh, um, I would like to be able to utilize for those things. And, uh, they're very reputable. Um, and, uh, it'll be a good fit. Um, you know, so that's the, that's be the challenging part. Plus there's a couple other dealers that are in the area that I got no problems throwing the business that way, if that's the case, you know what I mean? Um, but we'll figure it out. Um, what we do we 
figure a lot of things out. Um, and uh, but look for demos in the area. Um, we will be doing them, whether it's you know Northern Delaware, South Jersey, uh, you know Central Jersey in that ballpark and and elsewhere. So um, we'll have them going. We're going to have it. At, we're going to have them hopefully at our race day in October. Um, doing demos and as as a class for calibration as well as mixing. Um, it's something that none of us do in the industry is show mixing procedures and whatnot. Um, you know, and the do's and don'ts, you know, when you're mixing, you know, don't mix without gloves on and don't have a cigarette hanging out of your mouth while you're, you know, got your head inside the tank, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So um those kinds of things I think are very important. They kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, but, you know, again, look for these things because we are going to promote them big time. Um, but that goes into another subject as well that actually one of our listeners asked us to talk about today um, about, you know, what is that threshold that people decide that a machine is what they should be doing for lawn care. You know, and that's kind of a vague statement. Um, but, you know, I when I was doing this, I always had that verbiage, and every one of my guys knew this because if, if it happened, they would, they would know and they would be spreading acres of lawns by hand for the next week. <laughs> um you know, I always had that rule of thumb. Anything that was less than 15,000 square feet never got a machine put on it. Unless there was like 20 homes in the development that were right next to each other. They had no fences and you could just go. That's different. But when you're talking about somebody's cookie cutter lawns, like, hey, where I live, you know, it takes you more time to get the machine off the truck than it does to just do it by hand. So when you mean by hand, push doing spreader. push spreader and then and, backpack and, or dragging a hose, dragging a hose. Got it. Um, so he brought that up to, uh, to me today to, to bring this up as a subject. And I know it's probably a sore subject because one of the things I hear is, uh, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but guys are lazy in this industry. They don't want to walk. They don't want to push a spreader. Well, guess what? Same thing happens pushing a spreader as it does riding these machines. I have a customer who I will not mention um, who about a week now has gone by. He's went and rode with them last week. He's got lawns that his guys are striping. And so he pulled them all in this morning and he, he uh, there was issues with the machines that they weren't looking at and they just didn't bother to try to fix it. And, you know, they were striping lawns. So for a two-minute look at and a 10-minute fix, they could have no striped lawns right now. So, And I think and, that would be very important of your demo days. And mm -hmm. it would be I, – I would love to come to put whatever input I have in there. And maybe we persuade Dan to come down just for the amount of time he has on green machines. because Absolutely. 100%. Adjusting the diffuser for proper throw – where do we throw our granular back to on tracks? How far do you put out on your boom to where overlap or underlap? That is not fun to learn on your own by striping. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> it it's not. And, and pick brains. And, and it's funny because I, I second-guess myself all the time. And there'll be times where I'm on a lawn and, you know, you're, you're laying a pattern down. And you look back and you're like, 
damn, it seems a little wide for what I'm doing. So I'll literally drive the machine back to my tire tracks, put it in there, stand back, look at where the boom comes down, hit the spray button real quick for a split second, see where that cone drops off at, see it in my eye, take one of my stakes, because I carry two big orange garden stakes with me to hold gates open. It, it, mm -hmm. the quick, nice thing to remind my little... So I put that down, then I move the machine over to the other tire track that I just came from, do the exact same thing just to make sure that that spray cone is hitting that orange flat or the orange stake just because I want to make sure I'm not under applying and having that stripe in the center. So I'm always, always reconfirming myself with that. So anything that Dan can come up with or I could help someone be more confident with, I, I'd, be, I'd be happy to share that because, I again, I do the best I can, but we're always learning from other people. And I know Dan, with the amount of machines he has and the amount of square foot he does, he has to have some tricks up his sleeves, guaranteed. Absolutely. And I think there's all, there's probably a lot of people that can provide some insight oh, yeah. on that. Um, you know, and, you know, this gentleman is a customer of mine and he, you know, listens to the podcast every week. He's a new customer, actually. Only, I think we've delivered one thing to him. Actually, I delivered it to him. Um, and he listens to the podcast every week and he just was like, you know, I, I heard you guys say that you want some topics to talk about. And I, I'm struggling with this decision right now. And I think it's a good thing to talk about because I think there is a threshold. If you're just dealing with 10,000 square foot lawns with gates on, on them, every one of them, I don't think there's a reason to even have one of these machines. And this is just my opinion. I, don't, I nobody would take offense to it. No. I, and I would agree with that. I think, what was good and, and back in the day when we were working on lawns that size was the permagreen and that was the old style that the ultra that was, it was the man maker i mean you're really steering this thing it was tough to get this thing around corners mm -hmm. the downfall with that was you were working off a centrifugal clutch for the spinner and everything involved so if guys tried to take the old turn with the hopper open you're going to get that moon sliver of burn because it's going to not have the speed to spin the spinner the way you want Yada, yada, yada. But that was a nimble enough machine to be good in, in those areas and do some chemical treatments while you're there. Small tank, small spray pattern. You weren't getting any more than a third per thousand out of that thing. It, the pump wasn't there. Um, but you have more experience with a hose drag or a tank. I've yep. never, other than doing tick, I've never done a lawn application other than a fungicide or a corrective measure out of a lawn gun and a and a a tank how you talk about i mean price wise very efficient you can get a great tank set up carry mm -hmm. some pretty high volume of product for Heading on the truck for a very really low re or high return on your investment well we used to i think we, well not think we used to do 550s and 650s um and i was able to put depending on which truck it was um anywhere between six to nine hundred gallons on the truck um, we, on the 750, maybe it was a 750. It's been a while. Um, I think we were putting saddle tanks on there as well. Like, you know, 25 gallon saddle tanks. If we wanted to spray for nuts edge, we didn't have green Kalinga back then. Um, and you know, possibly even, I think we had like two saddle tanks, one for nuts edge, one for maybe disease control and, or grub control or insecticide, you know, whatever it may be. And we could always draw from another tank if we needed to. 
Um, so that but, was a that was a two line system in your gun. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. no. We didn't. No, we did not have a two line system in the gun. Um, we could just transfer water from another tank Got if it. we didn't have it mixed and those kinds of things. So we would. It would be a six hundred gallon tank and a three hundred gallon tank and a couple saddle tanks. So this, we would mix the six hundred gallon tank and then the three hundred gallon tank. We would mix out in the road. Right. Just in case, hey, maybe we couldn't finish that day. A thunderstorm came through, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, I preferred spraying by hand. I loved it. It was an art. It was, um, I felt faster. It kept me in shape. <laughs> um, I mean, I was doing, <laughs> I was doing, 40 to 50 lawns a day at, you know, 15,000 square feet above. And I just never stopped. Um, you know, sometimes my guy would, that I had with me, he, like we switched, he would guide the hose, help me with the hose. The next lawn, I would do the same thing. So we switched all the time, but we were productive and, you know, we would get a lot of square footage done in a day by hand and it can be done. Um, I think a 10,000 square foot lawn by hand, by the time you reel up that hose, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I again, I think it's going to be accessibility to, can you get a machine in the backyard? Because mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, if you have to buy a machine based on gate size, it's going to limit you on how big you go on properties. If you bid, let's say a sports field, because I do a couple of them and at a 52, sure, I can get them done. Can I be more productive? Sure. On a 36 inch, because that's what's going to get in my gates. Oh my gosh, that would, <laughs> you'd be there forever. And and again, yeah. if that's all you have, that's great. But I think, you know, the person that reached out to you, if, if you want to share his name, that's great. But he really is at a turning point of where does he go next and, and what is the best thing? And you know, well, from what he said, you know, he deals with lawns that are anywhere between five to 15,000 square feet. And I told him I would give him a shout. It's probably not going to be until next week because, like I said, I'm going away for a couple of days with my wife. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll give him a call next week and I'll give him my opinion. Um, he is down in northern Delaware. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a it, he's struggling to make that decision. And really what it comes down to is your desire to walk and drag a hose. Um, is he an if, owner operator? Yes. Okay. Um, he's a young guy and he can do it. I'm sure he can do it. Um, he's just, cause he feels like he, the other problem is the return on the investment from the turfware that he has. He doesn't feel he's going to get it. So that probably could be the other stomach block. You know, look, I'll tell you my honest opinion when it comes to these things, whether you you should get a machine or not. I don't think it's fair for anyone to say, oh, yeah, just go get the machine. You'll love it. And then it sits on your trailer half the day because you can't get it into a, uh, a backyard or it's just so intricate that it just doesn't make sense. Um, so I think, so you've, I think you've kind of answered the question for him. If you think about it, he has a machine. Mm-hmm. So, but he wants to he wants <laughs> to change that machine to the steel green, but again, he's struggling to make that decision because of 
uh, money he might get for the turf wear, or even does it even make sense because of the size of his lawns? But you know, if you he see, went up to a tank, he would have two different assault weapons going out. Yeah, exactly. And true. And again, I I love my steel green, but if it's the financial part of expanding properly, I think it may be more advantageous for him to expand in a different piece of equipment that can be utilized. Maybe it's only 50% of your lawns and the other 50 you're on your turf wear. You're going to be more productive right there in itself. Yep. And then migrate into a steel green when you financially can make that investment. Or maybe you have a good year and you have a wonderful tax lady like I do at Sheila with, um, well, spending money before the end of the year to reduce tax exposure. And that would be mm-hmm. a time for him to do that. I, I think that I think you've kind of answered it. It would be sure great to go out and sell a turfware right now and be able to move right into a new green machine. But maybe maybe it's better to have a secondary source of of product going out on a lawn other than just a ride on machine. You know, starting out. Um, I would say, you know, there's nothing wrong with spraying by hand. Um, I actually, until you really learn the ins and outs of these sprayers and, you know, learning how to spray techniques and all that kind of stuff, because it, it's not just, you go, you make a turn, you know, you go, you make a turn, you know, it's, it's not just that simple. You know, when the grass is wet, you got to make sure you're not tearing up the grass. Even when the ground's dry, you got to make sure you're not tearing up the grass. Um, You know, when it's droughty like this and you put a machine on the grass, are you going to leave those lines? All kinds of things. So when you like if you're dealing with five and ten thousand square foot lawns, I think it's easier just to spray by hand. And that's just, again, my opinion or spread fertilizer by hand. I think once you get into the art of spraying by hand, if your lawns are just that small, I don't think you'll ever want to push another lawn again. I don't think you need to, except maybe that first round getting out of the season and possibly the last round of the season due to cold weather. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, it's obviously a personal choice. I know back if I was 25 years old or 20 years old again doing this, I would prefer to spray by hand. That's just me. I had a machine. I still can't remember the name of those damn machines we had, but um, we all had them. But 90% of the time, that machine stayed on the trailer unless I had like 10 in a row that were like 20,000 square foot plus. So I I think even great points that you just brought up there to go into the tank decision itself. So if you're running a turf where you're running granular and you're doing herbicide treatments out of that most likely, mm-hmm. and we know the volume rate is going to be low. Yep. If you go with the tank and sure you can do this out of a steel green, but you can do it easier and, and cheaper out of a tank for now for growth purposes of getting into the, like you said, the liquid side of nutrition and microbes and going out at that higher gallonage rate where you're going to get better results. And I think that would just open up his eyes into another realm of the business itself. And like you said, maybe you go out with, you can't do it overnight, but you throttle back to maybe two or three granulars. And depending on if your season's a five, six, seven app, you, you blanket in between with liquids and 
I always recommend that. Now I get a lot of phone calls from guys who just want to spray and they've never done it before. I'm battling with one of them right now with some spray issues. And, you know, when you're first starting out, especially when, you know, look, I'm not degrading anything, but when you're starting out in this industry, you got to learn the ins and outs first before you go trying to be Mr. Science, you know? So, at the end of the day, why not split it up? You know, do some granular apps, do some liquid apps. Um, I understand everyone's presence of trying to go liquid now because of granular fertilizer cost. I think people are seeing the results out of liquid with lower amounts of nitrogen. And yes, there's some people in here who doubt it. I, in our industry who are like, there's no way you're going to get the same results out of the liquid sprays. And well, I have people that will contradict that all day long, um, just like on the flip side. So um, I'll contradict that all day long because I do it on my own lawn. Um, you don't need a lot of nitrogen. You got to feed the soils. End of story. If you feed your soils and make your soils work the best that they can work, you do not need a lot of nitrogen. I can show you that. Um, I have customers. You don't even have to ask me. I'll point you in the right direction. They can show you that. Um, and that's that's hard to uh, to wrap your head around if you've always been a granular person. It is such as myself. And then look and what I, we're in right now. Yeah, look at what we're facing right now with weather conditions. And last year, I mean, we had that, and and our lawns were brown and down in July. And I went out with my first liquid application from you. And, and what happened? I was scared shitless, to be honest. Yeah, I re- <laughs> was, Trust me, I remember all the calls. I, it wasn't that bad, but no, it was. I was nervous. I mean, I was I was cutting edge here other than the national chains out there that were running hose and gun. And we, and we know they're, they're melting and they're doing all that different stuff. And I was going out with nothing but biology, nothing mm-hmm. but, and I wasn't making my lawns black with Octane FE, but I was putting out Octane FD. Um, I get it. it. It's changing. And you also have to prepare your clients for that change as well. And I, and I think if you make that slow transition, but back to the original post that you got from this gentleman is, you know, where should I go? I think his best growth is going to be some type of tank unit with a hose. I think yep. it's going to give him enough, a great option on top of a backup, on top of a way to even get better in what he's doing as a service. Uh, look, I, that is exactly how I'm going to approach this with him. Um, and, you know, ask him a bunch of questions first, but that's would be my general answer to him because, look, he's a younger dude. Um, he's energetic. He wants to grow that side of the business. And um, that is where I think he should he, he should start. Maybe. Down the road, you start getting bigger lawns and whatnot. You change that, you know, mentality. Not every part of our country has lawns like root development um, <laughs> that are, you know, three hundred and thirty thousand square feet. No, on the average. On the average, yeah, you're, you'll I'm, be all right. <laughs> that go, that, that's going to go with my rebate and a new machine, right? <laughs> I'm always kidding. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, it's you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And yes, you are going to get conversations that happen from homeowners. Eh, when are you spraying? Because you're going to be more noticeable. Okay. Walking and spraying, you're going to be more noticeable. And when they say to you, isn't that toxic? Aren't you polluting the environment? Um, ma'am, 
I'm spraying it. Do you think I'm going to use something that I'm going to kill myself over? But, and again, you, I, I, or man, <laughs> I trip them up with words and I just yeah. use, I use the biology and fungi mm -hmm. and, and all the things that, and they kind of look at you. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I approach this or sir, I approach this totally different than my competitor. I'm working on your soils. The grass is going to be a secondary result of what I'm doing. Yep. It's 100%. Not, it's not a push, you know, just to go down a weird rabbit hole. I had a testosterone test just for all the testing that they're doing for my physical and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be low so I can get on some roids, but nope. It's like, <laughs> come on, give me that nitrogen push. But doctor's like, nope, yeah, you're, right. you're, uh, you're right where you need to be. I'm like, darn it. I want to do some roids and get huge, but I guess not. Um, you, you know, I, I see, you know, this is 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, we used to do a development down in Lakewood, New Jersey. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, God. It was like 2,500 um, retirement homes. Holy moly. I think it was called Greenbrier at Woodlands, something like that. And the process how we did this was the backyards we sprayed with a machine. Um, we had a Cushman with a sprayer on it. And again, I can't remember the name of this machine that we had. We had a couple of them. And we would do all the backs and common ground with these machines because it was flat and you could do it. But all the fronts and sides we did by hand. We had 900 gallon tanks on each truck and we would just, at lunchtime we would refill. And we got that place done in a day with three guys. And didn't have to blow down. <laughs> and didn't have to blow down. And that was every application. Um, yes, I, I know people don't want to walk today for whatever reason. And that's, that's cool. But I believe that when you have these small lawns like this, I think walking is a better way to do it. Um, when we get it, like I said earlier, we have those 15,000 square foot lawns and you got 10 in a development and there's no gates you got to open and all that stuff. That's a whole different ball game, even 10,000 square foot lawns for that matter. But if you're like in a development like I am, <laughs> I mean, they're, my lawn is 5,500 square feet. Yeah. That's... It would take me more time to get the machine off my trailer yep. than it would for me to actually do the job. I And I agree with that. I, I mean, And it, you, couldn't, you couldn't use a machine in my backyard because so, you couldn't get it to my very back. And I have two of those today in my route and you know, not getting through the gate with what machine I have on two of them. So it's... Luckily, I'm I'm on a liquid app, so I can use a 75 foot hose. But I got to move the machine two times to reach everything in the yard. One from this side, and luckily I do the neighbor on the other side, so I can park on her lawn and drag the hose over the fence to get the other half. So, you know, when it's a granular app, round one, you're you're pushing, and then you're backpacking for weeds. So that does take more time. I get it. I just have far less of those that I would worry about the hose drag. Not that I don't. I have a 225. Um, space saver in the back of my truck that I could use if I needed to do mm -hmm. in a breakdown or change of heart of applications that I could turn over tomorrow and be ready to rock and roll because it's never had anything in it other than bifenthrin for tick applications. I just think having that tank in that situation for this gentleman, and you didn't even talk about, he mentioned hills, so we don't know what he has for hills. Hills you have to approach very carefully and, and you really have to have the forethought of going onto the property and approaching a hill. And quick tip that I'll say is 
when you go and do your perimeter pass, you want to make sure that you're not coming down a hill into a hazardous area. One, Mm -hmm. is the hill pitching further away from you and you're going to go into the bushes as you break tires because you're putting a liquid down in front of you. It's, it's greased under the wheels. Two, are you going towards a car? Are you going towards a pool? Are you going towards a house? Any of that where you're going to have unlevel services, you need to change your pattern around so that you're actually going up the incline in those areas and away from those hazards compared to coming down. And sometimes you got to take a couple bites at the hill to get yourself squared off and enough passes away from those hazards so that you can start running a normal pattern. In a lawn of the size that he's speaking, by the time you do all of that, if he has hills, the hose is probably already back on the truck. Rolled up, yep. gloves are off, doing paperwork. Yep. So all those things play into factor, and, and hopefully we just are giving him enough uh, information and foresight of things that we've run into to help him make a better decision. And I think financially, it's just going to be the better avenue for him right now. And then yep. as he expands, he can make those changes. And and we all are growing, went through that growth period. And if he's going there, this is awesome that hopefully we can help him make a good decision to get into the next step and, and next bigger part of his company. It, it, yeah, I agree. And look, it, you know, also, you know, these new backpack sprayers, you know, the flow zones or whatever back, back sprayers, battery operated that people like, Love. doesn't have to be flow zone, but it could be any of them. Right. You know, I got to tell you, you know, I mean, my lawn's, like I said, 5,500 square feet. I got it calibrated to the T um, that I'm getting, you know, ju- almost that. I think I ran out about 50 square feet the last time I sprayed, but it was in one of my parts of my property that's very dry that my irrigation doesn't hit, so it didn't bother me so much. So I ran a little 50 square feet short probably. Well, anyway, um, mixed it up. Took me like, I don't know three minutes to mix up five minutes. Let's call it five minutes. It took me five minutes to spray it. So there's nothing wrong with even using those type sprayers to spray. If you have a, have your spray uh, swath down and know how to, you know, do it. So you don't miss areas or you don't, you know, overlap too much and things like that. I mean, look, it's like riding a bike for me. I've been doing it for so long that, you know, it took me, I've never stopped actually because I take care of my own lawn. But at the end of the day, it's it's an easy pr- process, and it can also eliminate you having to carry a trailer and whatnot when you're when when on spray material, you know, on these smaller type properties. So that's also something to think about. I actually think there's a guy in Ohio. I just couldn't ship him product because we decided to not do UPS and FedEx anymore because once you go over fifty pounds in weight. <laughs> They kill you, it, it, dude. It's 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 ridiculous, actually, because nobody wants to lift more than anything higher than fifty pounds. Now it's it's crazy. Uh, plus the damages that they were causing. I just had you know, we just had enough, so um, I just could I just can't ship one or two cases anymore without being an arm and a leg, and uh, unless the customer demands it, I will do it. Um, but, you know, he sprays everything out of his flow zone. He's not a big guy, but it was just he doesn't have the, the amount of square footage for a machine. Um, probably doesn't even have the amount of square footage to go buy a 200-gallon tank. So he uses the machine, has a water tank, and fills it up. And that's how he does his applications. I tell you, from back in the day of all the different backpacks, Solos, Birchmeyer, all that the- – Flow zone, I bought two of them from you, one of them still in the box. I haven't broken it out, kind of just like having it there, safety factor, but man, oh man, <laughs> it's awesome. And 
I love it. I'm out throwing uh, Sublime on it right now for spot spraying, and, and we'll see what what it does. You know, again, just going through coverage rate, application process, all that stuff. Just I'm going after some weeds I really shouldn't be going after. I'm going over after violets and and we and and some creeping Charlie that just I'm doing more of a test. I know later in the year is going to be my time to get it, but let's see what this Sublime can do. I know you said you've had really good luck with it, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. zing them and and it's more of a nuisance for me. My clients know that if they have them, I try to hit them early in the spring and then we revisit them September through October. But let's see what happens with Sublime. And it's well, fun using the, the machine. That's for sure. I mean, it's easy. The wild violet. I mean, I, I like I said, I think it's just a matter of if it's too, too early, I think it, it kind of bounces off. Just like, you know, almost like when Spurge in August is hardened off and it just laughs at the weed control you put down. Um, you know, it's almost kind of like that's how wild violet is before it starts to actively grow. Kind of almost like clover, to be honest with you. When clover is actively growing, and I don't necessarily know until like the last two weeks if clover started actively growing. Um, but because we were so cool in April and May that I think clover took a while to die. I mean, that was the longest weed it took with sublime to die. It was remarkable. But now it's I'm totally clean in my backyard where I had it. Um, that and wild strawberry. But, you know, the wild violet that I had, like maybe two or three plants of it, dude, that got knocked out very quickly. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, now, every lawn's different, you know, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it does a very good job. But like I said before, it does have some bleaching to it and i think it's just varieties of grass that it doesn't like and i'm not blanket spring so i'm, I'm not overly concerned with that yeah, um no, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know that's oh, all yeah but i'm just trying to test it because um it, i think it'd be a great product to use for my fall cleanup of spot spraying i'm not going to blanket spray because i'm pretty clean but i think that's going to be the i think that's going to be the go-to to kind of get rid of just about any I, weed that's out there other than sedge it's not going to touch i agree I wish it touched sedge. Yeah, that would be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Maybe, uh, maybe we need to add, add some sedge master oh. to it or something like that to uh, that, see what it does. That would be a good test, um, just to see if there's going to be any issues, and makes it too hot, whatever. Because that would, man, that would be dangerous product. Really, really, well, good. really, really Oof. good. You know, one of the biggest overlooked products in the summer for uh, spot treating is is quinclorlac. Love it. Um, you know, you have to use MSO with it. <laughs> Again. That's I, right on the I, label, I, man. Right I, on the I, label. I've heard people tell me, oh, you don't need it. Well, if they don't, just let you and me help them understand of how much more they'll love the product if they use it. I, you know. Amazing. Yeah, yes, if you overuse MSO, meaning if you put in too much product, you will, you can get some burn from it. But at the end of the day, if you or if your sprayer is calibrated correctly and you put in the required amount with the quinclorlac, maybe it's a mixing issue. Maybe you're mixing it wrong. Um, you know, who knows? But it, it is a product that is awesome on broadleaf weeds. It's very underrated in the summer. Now with Prime Source having this new product, Quintessential, uh, with this HV technology to it or something, um, which also, I believe, says on the label to use uh, MSO. MSO. Um, 
I think that that product will also be key to when crabgrass starts to germinate, which it has already. Yeah, I so mean, where are you hiding? You know, it's out there. <laughs> crabgrass has been out for three weeks here. I mean, you know, it's hell. Nuts Edge was out in April here. So um, that's where I can't. The soil temperatures got up very fast, but then they stopped. Um, you know, I have not seen active green Kalinga yet. I that's, that's, that's the wrong term. I see it. It's just not actively growing yet. So it, it stalled. Like we yeah. talked, like we talked about at the beginning of the cast is our turf seems like it's kind of stalled as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's a definite sign that something funny is going on. If, if Kalinga is, has the brakes on it, we, we know there's an issue of something. Oh, I mean, look, I, again, as we talked about earlier, I'm seeing it on grass. I'm seeing it where it's just like put its brakes on and saying, you know what? I'm going to stay green, but I'm not going to grow for you right now because I don't know where to go at this point. I mean, I'm obviously being facetious here, but that's what it seems like. Um, and just hearing other stories throughout the country, um, you know, from people down in Texas, Florida, um, other parts of the country that have these southern grasses, and they're having major, major issues with just general thinning, grass not waking up, um, to disease issues when it's 44 degrees out during the day, and it's, you know, at that at night. It's, it's insane. Um, so... I don't know, man. I think our weather patterns have really screwed us up when it comes to turf management right now. And we have to start thinking outside the box. And I believe that if I'm in the applicating business right now, I am applying products that build the profile of the soil and put in micro and build the microbial activity in the soil because I know I don't want to go through another seed season like we did last year. And I truly believe when we got into seed season, our soils were too hot and it, the grass seed just was like, Whoa, this is not where I need to grow. And just the embryo got killed. Not all of them, but a lot of them got killed. And that's why we saw lackluster seed germination last year. Well, I just, I agree with that. I also just think it's, a better science to be going after the microbes in the soil because we know that's the foundation of plant growth anyway. So Mm -hmm. let's stay with that course. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, it's not hazardous material. It's nothing that we have to be concerned health-wise, but the benefits are are going to be there and and are going to stay there no matter if it's dry, wet, cold. However, it's still going to be there. Look, we have to get out of this stigma that our lawns have to look like Augusta National in July. Because if your lawns are going to look like Augusta National in, in July, <laughs> you're probably over-fertilizing. And it's funny because we're getting into the very stressed lawns now, finally up in our area. And I, and I hate to use the even word final that it's coming here, but there's a couple that are on today that we're just banging. I mean, I'll post mm-hmm. a picture of one of them. It's like, well, come to find out from a neighbor, he's watering twice a day. And I go around the back corner and there's red threads so bright, it almost looked like a stop sign. I'm like, it, it wasn't <laughs> even pink. It was red, red. I'm like, eh, eh. and we know the problem. Oh, it, I saw, I was on a lawn today and it was, wow. 
I have, this is probably the most bent grass I have ever seen on a residential lawn in my life. And, um, the bent grass was turning purple. I've purple. And, and I, I sent have a you picture. A, I have a, I have a picture of it. And I've I sent saw. you pictures of that one yesterday. And, and it's, it was, it all, Red brown almost looked like it's diseased, and it just looks like it's just melting itself off or going through stress. And he's watering; he has irrigation. He's trying his best to do what he can. He's not overwatering; he's every other day. But as you and I talked about it, it's the plant can be under stress because of many reasons. Can you see that? Yeah, that's nice, and and that's yeah that that's not as the lawn I have isn't as bad as that, but that's impressive. I mean, that's definitely I, getting ready to go dorm, well, dormant for the summer. The funny thing is he, he called me and he actually he called me about two weeks ago and uh, he just was busy. He didn't send me the addresses and he sent them today. And I said, look, you know, get them to me today. Cause I'm going to be out for a couple of days. Um, and uh, so I, I had some time and I went over and looked at them today. And as soon as I pulled up, you know, I'm like, Oh boy, a little bit of red thread whatever i'm not really that that concerned about red thread in in homeowner lawns i just you know furred it out you know if you have to spray a fungicide by all means use a fungicide i just you know i think you can fertilize it out um and you know when i saw the bent grass i'm just like okay well i'll recommend that he does two sublime applications in august (laughs) and wipe that bent grass out and then come back at the end of September and just do a total renovation. Um, you know, because, uh, I mean that sublime just wax bent grass. So if you, one thing I will tell you is that if you are going to use sublime, be ready, you, you be ready for it killing bent grass because, and if you're not aware of what bent grass looks like, make sure you have somebody identify out there that can show you what it looks like because, you will smoke it. Which, and if the customer is not aware of it, <laughs> um, you will not have a happy customer. So anyway. I will we'll do some testing on that because I have a customer two seasons ago and she signed on for this one reason. Her front yard just oozes moisture. So it's on a hill. It just constantly, even though they have irrigation, it just comes from the earth and she has bent grass she wanted me to kill half her front lawn to eradicate it and overseed. And it mm-hmm. it killed me more to do it. And I just was very uneasy with going the roundup on a lawn. That is nice, but it, she just wants it all to match. So, of course, you, you got a couple of the neighbors that I do up and down the street, and they see me at the coffee shop. And I goes, man, what did you do to such and such as lawn? <laughs> like, she, she paid me to do it. But I took pictures early this spring when you could see some areas of bent grass past where I overseeded that's starting Mm -hmm. to populate even more. Um, And I know she's game for it, but she's going to be a blanket sublime and redo her lawn. And she'll be like, yes, please, let's do it. Because she wants, she's very, very particular. So we'll have some great posts of before, during, and after, and then a seeding process through it of the sublime and it taking it out. I won't touch it now. And I've told her that. I would love to, but I don't want to go brown and down right now because we're not going to recover it. Let's get through what we have, and then let's take care of this in August. I could show you those pictures. <laughs> if you have customers who want to see it, I could show you those pictures. She knows and what it, it's going to do, but her, her lawn is gorgeous. And and just she just doesn't like the texture. It stays wet enough where you really don't get a change of color too, too much, and she keeps it mowed right. But it sublime is happening there. I can't wait to do it. Well, it's, uh, it is a good product, but 
um, keep in mind, you probably not all lawns, because um, I know people who said that they never saw any bleaching. And I know some people who saw massive bleaching. I just and I'll say this because I think this is probably part of the problem. Be careful the seed that you buy. Not all varieties are created equal. Hmm. Remember where these universities or these products are being tested. They're being tested on universities who have the latest and greatest varieties. Remember that. That's so now that's we're going to go in. Now we're going to go on to lawns who we have no idea what seed varieties are on that lawn, except for maybe it's tall fescue, if, unless you've been taking care of the lawn since its inception. Um, seed varieties, the older varieties are probably going to be more susceptible to, to these new chemistries than the newer varieties. So that is something to think about when you're buying your grass seed. Um, not only looking at the varieties on how good they are, if they are, you know, A-list varieties, things that are more drought tolerant, things that are, um, more disease resistant, you know, things like that. Um, but also no weed seed, no crop seed, things like that. I hope I never see a bag of some bags of seed like I saw last year, you know, with noxious weeds and 8% weed seed in it. And that, that would, was from a national company out there which I still can't believe people buy seed from. I think about 8% because when granted Kentucky bluegrass is very, very small. So when you put that five, 10, 15% of that seed in that bag, that's a lot of seed. So when you go to 8% weed seed, that's a high percentage based on mm -hmm. grass seed. It, it really is. So, well, you're talking at 50 pounds, you're talking about four pounds of seed in that bag and if most weed seeds are like anywhere between 1.5 to 4 million pounds or seeds in a per pound. pound. Yeah. So we're so right at Kentucky bluegrass right. again. So, and not all of them are that way, but um, at the end of the day, just even if it's 500,000 seeds up in a pound, that's 4%. You know, that's 2 million seeds that you're putting on a lawn. Yeah. yeah. Some of them may never show or germinate, but some of them will. And as we've always said, planning is important. And two, you only really have one great shot at making a good lawn if you're overseeding or putting a new lawn in. So it's worth taking the time, doing a little investigation, reading the tag of what you're buying, and maybe stepping up one notch of quality better than what you are planning on using. Because you're going to get some be much better results, especially if there's inert and noxious in there, reducing that number, even if you can cut that in half, it's going to make you a better applicator for that. Seed. So, I, so I challenged myself um, to see what seeds are out there right now. Believe me, I ain't changing what I'm doing. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, but I challenged it to see the most inexpensive seed out there that was loaded with weed seed to some mediocre blends from a lower, say, a smaller um, uh, seed grower um, blender. And right now, we're literally talking about between the worst seed out there to what I believe is the best blend, especially for the Northeast of what I'm selling. And it's just, I'm being, obviously, I'm biased and whatnot, but 
this is what I have sold in the years past. And I've always had great success and my customers love the seed and the way it germinated. So that's what I went back to. So anyway, um, we were literally from the worst seed to the best. We were talking about 12 cents a pound. Crazy. We're talking six dollars a bag. That why in the world would you buy a a, a bag of weed seed for a six dollars a pound difference? So again, I think it is price because it, it they're going to walk in and see that, but it's also, as we say, what's on the shelf. So the inventory that is purchased by some of the these companies that sell it are going to be more profitable with inert ingredients in it compared to more pure seeds. So they are probably going to promote the one that is a little bit cheaper because they're buying it even cheaper in a markup. Well, and, and I, I hear that, but at the end of the day, we're all supposed to be stewards of this industry. Oh, but, but we're not. We're, listen, I used to get in this conversation all the time in the condominium market and all stuff. Everyone is so drawn to price. You know, everyone's looking for the cheapest gas they can drive by, the cheapest cell phone plan, the cheapest cable bill they can get. Uh, let's change electric companies because this one's going to be X amount of cents cheaper on the kilowatt hour. That's just an unfortunately ingrained in our brain right now. And when we walk into those suppliers, kind of starstruck, sometimes, you know, you're maybe not confident in what you're asking or looking for. And you feel intimidated because the people behind the desk do know what they're talking about. Maybe it's more of a quick, fast decision and, and you don't have the time to compute stuff. I bring my phone right in as a, with a calculator when I was going there. And I do the math in front of them on a piece of paper and they'd be like, wow, yeah, this, I, I see, you know what you're talking about. And that does make sense. I see why you're buying that product instead of this product. I think it's that it's, it's a lack of education and I don't mean any harm or offense by that. That's why we want to help you get more educated so that you can make better decisions that again, overseeding one shot, one shot to do it right. And as we get into seeding this year, let's improve the biology of the soil. Now, 100%. nature's balance, how would that be worked and, and applied in conjunction with a seeding? Well, you could either apply it in the application prior to to seeding, okay. or really, I mean, I think clean out your spray tank, get any pesticide residue out of there, and just spray right over top of the seed. So really put the seed right to bed with it. Yep. Yep. It is, it'll be, you know, you do a start, hell, you could even go to a liquid starter fertilizer at that point. What would that be? What what would you recommend for a liquid starter? I got to make one. Okay. Okay. So I don't know that. I just, that just came into my mind. If we're going, if you're going to do go this route, why not make a liquid starter fertilizer? I, I mean, I, I do have one. It's called Jumpstart. Yep. Um, but it's lower nitrogen. So maybe I can get a, actually, you know what? Dynamic bio 1266 would be a great starter fertilizer. So thinking outside the box, if you, and this is just on your overseeding and or new lawn install. So if you went with nature's balance, you went with the 1266, buffered it, and then O2YS. Oh, there you go. I mean, that oh. there's your liquid, and I'm just thinking out outside the box for myself, and I'm like, this could be the my Liqu basically liquid nutrition, soil balancer, and turf enhancer. Yep, 
and soil enhancer for that matter. And and let the biology do its thing, and then you come back, hit it with a nice fertilizer to put it to bed, and you should. Mm-hmm. We hopefully will have better results than we did last year because what I did last year worked until winter came, and we had that bigger problem of what the heck. I I went back to one of them today. And it's definitely much improved. Still not happy with it. I'm I'm gonna redo the pool area when it's time this year. No charge. I just it's just me. It's got to be done right. I just not happy with the success of it. I was the same way back in the day. It's not a big area, but again, I just want it nice. It, it deserves mm. to be. And they are away right now, which is cool. So they're not really seeing. They funny. This is their summer house, but they're at their winter house for some big functions. So they're basically gone all, all summer. So we can get that thing banging by the time they get back, which would be cool. Right. All right. What else we got? Anything else for, for this week? I think we covered enough topic. Um, there, there's always so much to talk about when I mean, we, we have other people reaching out. I want to, I do want to bring up this one gentleman, um, Burrow Turf Care. I want to shout out to him. Dave? I, I, sure. It doesn't, doesn't out say in, his name. Out in like Chicago or something uh, out in the Midwest. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to dig on it. But he got back to me when I mentioned something about trying to find a network for health insurance for all of us entrepreneurs if we're looking to provide for himself. And and I've I've reached out to the company waiting for an email, and he uses a company called Samaritan Ministries. Um, it's a health share. And I know my bookkeeper, Megan Colberly of um, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, they do the same thing. It's like a, a Christian ministry where you pay in on a monthly rate and it's a co-op. So maybe you're not, I don't know exactly, but this is my theory of it. Maybe you're not using any bit of health insurance for this month or next month. And that money gets rolled into a network to where Doug, maybe you need some of it. So when you go for a procedure, it comes out of that till. Um, but this gentleman saying that he has a family plan and he has a family of five and he basically pays about 600 a month for his family. So I just want to find out more. Not saying that's the company to go to, but the more options we have out there. Because like one, health insurance is very important. And if we can find a great company that's going to work for us as an entrepreneur to be able to provide health insurance for our family and or our staff, um, it's a great way to go. Because I work for my insurance company. I do all their properties. And I talk to him candidly. And he told me what a health plan would be just for myself or my wife it's baffling it's to, to replace what we have. Um, mm-hmm. we're blessed. My wife has benefits through her employer. It's basically about 20 grand a year to, to Look, a I'm, high deductible. I'm, ble- I'm blessed as well. Cause my wife's a teacher and we get, I mean, don't get wrong. The benefits aren't as good as what they were when she first started, but what benefits cost today and what we pay or she, what we, she pays per month to have us. I mean, our kids are still on the plan because it's that good. You know what I mean? Um, eventually my kids are not going to be on it, but I think they're covered until I think Carson's probably until 22 and Emily's till 26 because she went to college. Um, so, you know, when that time comes, we'll be saving a boatload of money. Plus it's not that bad to begin with. So we're blessed on that standpoint. So I don't, I, I, I can't believe that health insurance costs this much to some people. Um, uh, and I, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I do believe it, but I don't believe it. And we all know why that is. But yes, we'll, I know. We'll keep the politics out of it. But yeah. Yep. And and I, I, I just want to use this platform to find the best solution for us entrepreneurs that are out there. It, well, it, it's provide. like anything. It's like anything, though, dude. It's, 
you know, it just goes to insurance, even just your insurance for your business. There's got to be a better platform for all of us um, that for you guys, lawn and landscape, turf managers, even golf courses, you know, what happened? Because the insurance on golf courses is out of control as well. Really? Oh, God, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So there's got to be some kind of way, like, let's, I'm just going to use this, like, turf manager's insurance, like USA, you know, whatever it might be. And where everybody can kind of get into this platform and, you know, you pay according to your revenue or, you know, whatever it might be. And maybe because you have, I don't know how many golf courses total and lawn care companies are total in the, in the country, but if every one of these were associated with this and you can cut your rate, and I'm just using numbers here, obviously, I don't know the answer. What have you saved 40% on your insurance by joining this whole thing? Because for what I heard from a couple of guys that they're paying $50,000 in insurance a year for their trucks, you know, 40%, that's 10 grand, 20 grand. I'm sorry. I can't do math in my head anymore. 20 grand. Well, 20 grand, <laughs> you know what you can do with 20 grand. Well, that 20 grand goes right to the bottom line. So that, that's important. So there's got to be something that we can do in this industry to help that part of it. Now, there's probably going to have to be some qualifications involved. You know, it can't just be a fly-by-nighter off the street. You're going to have to show that you're, you know, if you're a pesticide business, you're going to have to show that you're properly licensed yep. and all the credentials, all those, all the credentials, correct. So some may not want to join because of that reason, you know, whatever it might be. But even if it's half of half of you guys getting involved in something like this, my God. The amount of money I believe that you could all save, you know, is is immense. Um, you know, big companies who have healthcare programs for their um, for their employees. You know, when I worked at a, a big company, Helena Chemical, I didn't have insurance through them because it's through my wife. But you know, the money that they were the, the employees were being charged wasn't that bad wasn't the greatest insurance in the world, but it wasn't that bad. But now from what I hear, Oh my God, you know, because they're just one company. Yes, they're big, but they're just one company. Could you imagine the whole group of lawn and landscape and golf course and sports turf managers all coming together and demanding something like that? Hmm. I, I, that's something that I've always thought of. And, you know, there's plenty of industries that are able to network and get, in certain group markets. And, and I think we need to start looking for that because we're big enough to be able to produce some good numbers, I think. You know, about a year ago, two years ago, we joined ADP on a payroll company. Now, I don't know if this is an avenue, but we did not, we got off of it because there was some other things that they didn't like. And so we got out of that one. We're still with ADP, but we got out of this particular program. But apparently, you know, they have insurance through that payroll company. Um, they have they have it's like a big co-op, I guess. Um, and they can actually if you are a, pay, a part of that company through payroll, you can ask about those type programs that they have. So that could be an avenue that could save somebody some money. I don't know. We Like I said, we got out of it. I don't know all the facts about it. So I can't really say I can't I don't want to speculate. 
it was just ha- had something to do with like a couple things that were told didn't come to fruition. So I think it might have pissed some people off, <laughs> oh. you know, and they said bye. I just know. think we're starting to reach great numbers. So, you know, the more people that have experience or are purchasing health insurance, you know, we can just start talking about that more and come up with a final, I don't know about a final solution, but some options to maybe help improve our whole, our financial styles and, and lifestyles towards the healthcare. Cause it's climbing every year. I mean, it, every year it goes up and, and it, it's not going to go down. That's for damn sure. But if we can somewhat come together as a, as a group and see if we can come up with some type of plan, that, that'd be cool. Again, just nothing we're going to solve overnight, but I think, you know, having, um, People reach out with the experience that they had. Um, I have my monthly meeting with Megan um, next week, and I will definitely ask her. I know I've asked her one time before, and she she told me the name, but I can get that name. And again, I'm, I want to reach out to both of them and see if they want to come on and just explain their plans and if it's something that would work for us. FYI, I can kick the crap out of that price all day long. <laughs> it's not that I just sent you the product itself. I know. I'm just telling you, it's it's funny because I know who makes it. Uh, for them and it's funny (laughs) because it's not even their best product that they make and it's it's just funny uh but anyway um all good but insurance is definitely a topic that needs to be discussed and uh you know maybe there's uh someone out there who's one of our listeners who knows a lot about this and you know we can get them him or her on this podcast to talk about it um you never know i mean hopefully there is somebody out there and just one more shout out, just because and just because it's at my fingertip and it, it came in today, is a guy named Kyle. I'm not going to go over his last name, but he reached out. Um, he's a solar op- operator, newer to the business, but he's out in eastern Nebraska. And it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts. And he's talking about how dry it is out there, the lack of snow. And I know we talk so much about east coast, east coast, east coast, because we're here and, and we know what's going on. But we definitely don't want to subrogate. We want to hear from people all throughout the country and what your conditions and what you're dealing with. And, you know, Nebraska, I imagine runs kind of the same climate as the East coast, just quite a few miles away from it. So, um, again, just probably a a little windier out there. I don't know. Lately (laughs) it's the winds have been right here, but again, it's just, it's nice to hear these guys and ladies reaching out with shout outs and, and questions and Hey, I, that hit home when you said this and we have more and we'll continue to, to bring them up um, week week after week, but I think we'll wrap this one up, Douglas. I know uh, we got a well. Hopefully, everyone has a great week moving forward and, and a busy week. Doesn't look like we really have much of a change of weather on the East Coast for this this week that you'll be listening to this. But man, we nope. we need some water. But any last closing words, Mister Doug? Let's just uh, you know. Listen to our peers out there. You know, again, find a sales rep in your area who you can lean on to get you through this time right now. Um, I I do believe that we need to think about doing some soil amendments right now, opposed to um, always putting granular fertilizer down. Um, you know, I think you'll thank yourself later by doing so. Um, you know, maybe not this application, but if we continue on this path in that July and August time frame. You know, you may want to think about spraying biostimulants. I also, you know, I also and other people also have granular options out there. Um, You know, and I think it's something that we need to think about and make our, all everyone 
all of us make look a little bit more professional out there instead of just start slinging fertilizer all the time. So uh, I guess my words of lack of wisdom is I think it's time where we're we're kind of coming to the summertime where we think we can take a break and kind of relax a little bit. And hopefully we all can spend some time away from the business mm-hmm. itself. But mm-hmm. it's also very, very, very important to get our fall planning ahead of us right now. Really, yep. you know, Doug and I are going over some different options for the fall, some new equipment, yada, yada, yada. These are all things that unfortunately just won't happen overnight. So the planning has to take place. And I think now is the time to start doing that. I know we're all going to we're all going to start stressing out because we're going to get even more stressed in the turf. Disease situ- situations going to come up, our weeds are going to be coming up like crazy. Just make sure you're taking time to do the planning for what's the, ahead of us. We've got seeding, we've got our next couple applications and do some forecasting on what is our weather going to be like and like like you said Doug, maybe we throttle back in some of our nitrogens through these hot times and work on some of our biostimulants and, and get the rewards for when mother nature does turn around on us. Mm-hmm. Cool. 100% agree with that one too. It's, um, you know, and one more comment I'll make is, you know, I'm pretty glued to the fertilizer market right now. And it is pretty bullish out there. We're hearing some things overseas, China and, and, and India are buying, a lot of urea right now, and we're being very bullish in the market because we have what? an abundance of product. What's that? Why did you have to say that? So here we go. We got another 10 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> um, oh, no, I say no. this because, you know, what's happening in the marketplace What right does now that mean is, for us in the layman's okay. term? Maybe that's what I just should have said. And no, that's okay. All that. no, so I- what that's saying is, is that be don't think that you're going to be able to walk into anywhere of your store from this point to the end of the year. And I'm not saying it's going to be everybody or, you know, you're never going to find anything that you want, but everybody is being bullish on how much they bring in at this time, because it's just a matter of time before that, 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 that wall cracks. And let's just, I'm going to go back to, I think it was 2011 when Anderson's had to write off like $125 million of fertilizer to adjust to the market. Ain't nobody going to do that this this time. So what what do you mean by that? When they had to write it off, they over ordered fertilizer dropped. So you think you see that coming? I don't see it happening like that, but I do see it happening where it drops. Really? So Okay, let's just say, you know, I go order, you know, let's just say I look at our forecast, Jay and I look at our forecast for the next three months, and we say, let's go buy 12 truckloads of 16.23. Let's go get it now. Secure it now, whole nine yards. 35 days from now, the market tanks. And now we're stuck with $5 a bag more fertilizer. So, so that, that's hard to get our try, right. It's hard exactly. to get the planning on your part, but also on our parts of. I guess we need to pick our poisons for what we're going to be using. Uh huh. But hold back on the purchasing is what you're saying, or the lock in. Well, not hold not hold back on ordering. Just when the time frame is going to be like, don't wait till tomorrow <laughs> to order your product that you need. Two days ago, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't wait till the last minute, um, because you may not find what you want. You may not even remotely close to getting what you want. 
Um, like, you know, f- just give you an example, fertilizer and electus right now, right? So we're pretty much through electus and we're not bringing any more in because I can't be stuck with it because it's gone at this year and none of my fertilizer suppliers are going to take it back. Okay. So I had to tell a couple guys today, look, I could still get it for you, but I have to get it from another vendor who has it in stock. I can go pick it up next Tuesday and we'll deliver it to you on Wednesday. Done. Not a problem. But not many, not that many people are that understanding. So, oh, what do you mean you don't have it? It's that season. And I'm like, I'm not stocking it, dude. It's done in October. So what to to explain to people that may not be familiar with it, Jersey is getting rid of metachlorpid usage on turf. That's correct. So electus is a combination of metachlorpid and cross-check or bifenthrin. Bifenthrin. Got it. So you're getting your wink-wink grub control and your surface feeding all wrapped in with a FERP. Correct. So that's popular up our way as well. Amida Lambda, Electus. That's coming. It's coming up there too. It's oh. just going to be a domino effect. And I'm okay. I, I switched to a Celeprin six or seven years ago, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I let my customers know what I, were, I was doing, and I also let them know that their grub cost is going to be going up, and it did, and it went up dramatically to cover that. But I have a little write-up that I send to all my new customers of why we use a Celeprin and, and the benefits to it in our soils and our environment, and it, it's a far superior product by all means. Mm-hmm. And it's one less hurdle that we don't have to worry about outlawing and kind of screwing up our plan. And it's also, I know, it, it shows your professionalism. Because when you see some of the products that are going up here for grub control, you know they're buying on the total total dollar, not on the the product value. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like Agreed. you said, it's coming all over. I, I mean, there's going to be more and more restrictions. And I think that's why... We even need to continue to be more and more creative with our bridge products and our more natural products and sustainable and biostimulants in the soil and getting our turf taller and thicker. I know you can mow turf and cool season grasses at two inches. You can. It can do it. But again, as a customer that I had this week, you're going to see me every two weeks if you want to do that and you want it to look the way it does. And if you're going to do that, if you are and you must because you have a homeowner, Please sharpen your blades. Or get a real mower. <laughs> or get a real mower. Yep. Because it, I, that is probably the number one thing that I see out here in this marketplace right now is nobody sharpens their blades. And I'm not saying no. I shouldn't say nobody. I, what I'm saying is, is that you just can't sharpen your blades on Monday or the Friday before and think they're going to last the entire week. You have to have a rotation of blades. And I know they cost money. Shit, I went and bought a new blade for my home lawn, and it was $32. They cost money, and I get that. But that's one of the number one things I see on lawns is they're shredded instead of cut. And again, it's it's blunt force trauma to your lawn. It really is. It's, it's no different than you walking into a wall. I mean, it's just it's very aggressive to the stress factor, and we have... I think talked about this week, enough different stress avenues that our turf is going through. Why not try to reduce one of them, at least one of them? Exactly. Exactly. It's so. not going to be the savior, but it's going to help. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, all of my customers, so I use spray software or CRM system and they get notification, notification ahead of time because I have it set up that way 24 hours. But then on the closing, they get a final email and, you know, what did you do? What did you apply? What did you see? Yada, yada. And then on the last page that goes out, 
my little catchphrase is, please remember, if you cut your turf tall, it will stay happy well into the fall. I, I say it on every customer. That Boom. I like that. And it's just like... Just like plants. You plant them high, they never die. And I just tried to come up with a cliche that it would roll off their tongue and remember that, that if they're mowing themselves, oh yeah, that guy. And I've had so many people come out and say, I raised it up a notch. I got your email. I got, And that's great. I'm not doing it to say, hey, I know more than you, or I just want you to have better success with your turf. And even the lawns that are starting to stress out, they are, and we talked about that earlier, not on the cast, but you know that type of rain we're having is just enough to keep them from going completely dormant. It's kind of that teaser. It's getting mm-hmm. a little shot of of uh, Gatorade just to get them through the next week to see if moisture's coming, but they're still thick. And you can tell there's still life in the plant and everything's going to be okay when Mother Nature decides to let us have some moisture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But compared to those lawns that are just scalped down to nothing. Now we've just taken this defense system and just d- destroyed it. So all my customers get that message on, on my close email for every job that I'm doing for the day and hopefully it's hitting home and and we'll see you on next round when I go back out to see what the turf looks like. It's all we can do, man. It's all, all right. we can do. All right, Everyone brother. have a great week. Uh we will uh we will be with a guest the following week. We'll leave that in suspense, but we'll we'll have another guest like so we try to schedule them, but as Doug has explained, it's tough. We only do this once a week because we do have full-time careers as well. Whether or not we're successful at them or not, we'll find that out at the end of the year. But we really do appreciate everyone listening. Please like, share, subscribe, send us messages, send us topics that you want to talk about. We're going to be reaching out to some of the informa- uh, people out there on healthcare insurance and other products. Hopefully get Steel Green on here. We're still looking to get our CRM, yada, yada, yada. But everyone have a great week and uh, we will catch you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Turf Nutrition and Management Podcast. We are always interested in topics you would like us to dig a little deeper into. You can submit a topic or a question down below in the comments. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share with friends, and also turn on the notification bell as we continue to talk all things turf and help each other become better turf managers.